Hello and welcome to Blue Mound Methodist Podcast. I'm Pastor Jacob Fields coming to you from Denton, Texas. We are so thankful that your faith journey has connected with this ministry and hope that you are blessed by the sermons, Bible studies, and faith stories you will find through this podcast. This episode is from a sermon called Imitating. Let's pick up with our scripture reading before moving into our sermon. Would you please remain standing for the reading of our New Testament passage coming from uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse starting in 17 and going through chapter 4, verse 1. Hear now the word of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, join in imitating me and observe those who live according to the example you have in us. For many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. I have often told you of them, and now, uh, I, and now I tell you even with tears. Their end is destruction. Their God is the belly, and their glory is in the sh- their shame. Their minds are set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and it is from there that we are expecting a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform the body of our humiliation, that it may be conformed to the body of glory, by the power that also enables him to make all things subject to himself. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, my beloved. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of the Holy Scriptures. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Let's pray. God, we give you thanks that you are a God of promises and that you are a God of substance. When we have questions, meet us with an even greater answer than we can ask or imagine. Help us to be aware of your presence this morning. And help us to be transformed by the word of God that we might live according to the example of Christ and the example of Scripture. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, so, uh, I gotta tell you, the, the, the term imitating was a suggested title for this sermon series. Um, uh, it, the scriptures uh, referenced and, and the titles are recommended by the General Board of Discipleship for the Lenten sermon series. And I, I went with the title imitating, even though uh, I really, really wrestled with the term imitating. Uh, because when I think of imitations, uh, I think of uh, impersonations and knockoffs, and neither of those are really uh, good things, right? You think of a, uh, a knockoff purse or knockoff sunglasses. Uh, you, you might think of a really bad um, uh, character. You know, uh, years ago when watching football, they roll out this guy named Frank Caliendo to do a John Madden impersonation. And it really wasn't that good. All it is is a matching of mannerisms and a, and a, 
uh, overblowing of habits and tendencies that, that John Madden would have. And so for me, the term imitating uh, caused me a little discomfort at first, but we'll get there. We'll, I overcame it, and you will too. Uh, so uh, here's the main point. Uh, we are called to imitate a hope and trust in the promise of God. That's what we're called to imitate. We are called to imitate a hope and trust in the promises of God. That's the main point, and I think that you'll see uh, how it flushes out uh, here uh, in, in a few moments. You see, when I'm wrestling with the term uh, imitating, uh, if you think of an imitation uh, item, like when we were growing up, the joke was, are those Oakleys or Folkleys, right? Fake Oakleys. Um, uh, they gave the appearance of being Oakley without the same quality or substance. So an imitation is, is something that gives the appearance, but without the substance. And so I really, that caused me even more concern about are we called to imitate Christ? And so I, I looked even closer at the passage uh, in Philippians here, and I realized something that I had never realized before. The scripture passage is asking us to imitate Paul. But Paul's not perfect, right? So why would Paul be asking us to imitate him? I'll get there. So in the Old Testament passage, Abram uh, is approached by God. And God says to Abraham, uh, I'm, you're, you're going to have all these descendants and the, this great land is going to be yours. And he's like, well, why would I care about acquiring any more? Uh, a slave born in, in my house is going uh, to receive my inheritance because you, God, have not given me a, uh, a son. And it's really kind of this whiny, moany uh, conversation with God. Uh, one that I'm, i got to confess, I've had those conversations with God, right? And I think if we're all honest with ourselves, we, we may have been in that place a time or two as well. Like, God, what, what does it even matter? Things are going so badly right now that I, I just, what does it even matter? I, I have no hope. I have no trust in what you said. Because this isn't the first time that God promised these things to Abraham. He, he promised them to him when he was younger. And now he's older and he hasn't received uh, a son yet. And so God says to him again, he's like, well, why would I care? And so then this really interesting thing happens with goats and animals being cut in half and laid beside each other. That's weird, isn't it? Isn't it, Jake? Yeah, scripture's about animals being cut in half. Like, what does that have to do with anything? And so here's a bit of a history lesson. Back in the day, uh, kings would enter into covenants, uh, treaties with other people, right? And, and sometimes there was uh, an equal uh, level of power, and, and that would usually involve a marriage, right? Uh, if this king had uh, wanted to, to have an alliance with another king, he'd have his son or daughter marry the other king's son or daughter, right? But there was another kind of treaty or covenant that sometimes would be made. And that was like if a really, really strong king, a really, really powerful king 
was going to make a deal with a lesser uh, person, right? Uh, a lesser king. Somebody who could very easily, like, overthrow your entire kingdom. And that would be a different kind of agreement. And so to make those different kinds of agreement, the more powerful king would ask the less powerful king to take animals, to cut them in half and to lay them and kind of make a path, kind of like we have down here in the middle of the church, right? They'd make a path of these animals that are cut into. And the way that that agreement would be, would be agreed upon was that lesser person would have to walk between the pieces, essentially saying, if I don't keep my word, I will become like these, right? And so this is a really scary thing that God asks Abram to do because God is powerful, right? God is really powerful? Okay. And so God asks Abram to cut these pieces and Abraham is probably shaken in his boots because that's kind of a scary prospect. I, God made a promise to me and then I questioned it and then now God's going to have me walk these pieces. But instead what happens is God puts Abram to sleep. God makes Abram fall asleep after he's made the path of pieces. He makes Abram fall asleep. And what he wakes Abram to is, is a, a big old thing of fire that, that goes between the pieces. Now there's a couple other times in scripture where fire is used. Uh, as uh, an illustration of the presence of God. That's kind of why we carry in the candles every every morning, that tongues of fire, like the Holy Spirit. So fire is a symbol of the presence of God, and God goes between the pieces in the covenant with Abraham. The stronger God walked the path, saying, Abram, it's not you that has to worry about living up to the right standards. It's not you that has to worry about, about being the right quality. You don't have to worry about following all the rules just right because God, God's self, said it. And God is so good for his word that he would walk between the pieces for us so that we would know that God's good to his word. God promised something to Abraham, and God, even though he's stronger than Abraham, God submitted himself to Abraham in promising to him. That's pretty powerful right there, isn't it? Uh, at least it, it's been life-changing for me, because I've thought of times, and I've inter interacted with plenty of people who have thought, well, I, I don't go to church anymore because I can't, I, I just can't do it. I'm not good enough. I don't behave very well. I'm not straight-laced. I don't, I, you know, I, I cuss a little, right? I've got people, friends of mine, that, that say that those are the reasons that they don't go to church. They don't go to church because they think they're not good enough, and they think that they can't ever do a proper imitation of Christ, like to be a Christian, it means you have to play a part instead of being who you are. But in the Genesis passage, we have God saying, you don't have to play a part. You don't have to live up to everything because God lives up to everything. God is the substance. 
God is the one that holds his word, right? Okay, so then that brings us to our New Testament passage. God is good to his word. And so if you look just before, because it's always a good idea when you're trying to figure out what a passage means, to look what, what's going on right before that, um, because the context usually helps explain what's going on. In verse 17, where it says, Brothers and sisters, join in imitating me. Well, what are they imitating him about? Right before that, starting in verse 12, is a passage that most of your Bibles will probably subtitle, Pressing Toward the Goal, or something along those lines. It says, not that I have already obtained this, in verse 12, or have already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus made me his own. Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do, I do this one thing, if I, I don't live up to the example of Christ, but one thing that I, one thing that I get, I forget what lies behind, and strain forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us then who are mature be of the same mind, and if any of you think differently about anything, this too God will reveal to you. And then verse 16 threw me for a loop too, but only let us hold fast to what we have attained. Uh, and, and when I first read, uh, hold fast to what we have obtained, I, I thought, well, does that mean hold on to our stuff? Like, God, you, you've blessed me with all this stuff so much uh, in life. I've got, I've got uh, a great house, a great family. I've got cars that work. Am I, am I supposed to hold on to my stuff as best I know how? Is that imitating Paul? But no, the, if you look closer uh, at the word is, uh, and, and the way that it's used, uh, in the original language, it's don't fall back. Just as he says, I, I get everything else wrong, but one thing that I get right, I leave behind, I forget what is behind me, and I press on to go forward. That's the same thing. I've come this far. I've come this far. So all of us be of one mind that we have come this far. We have come this far. We are not in the same place that we once were in our lives. Our anger, our bitterness, our fighting with our, each other, our siblings, we are not who we used to be. We have gotten this far. We have attained this. But is that enough? <coughs> We should press on. We should keep trying to get better. We should keep going. We should keep going. See, Abram had gone, gotten old, according to Scripture. He, he was disheartened when God said, I promise these things to you because he was past his childbearing years. And God said that he promised him this. And he's gone all this way. And I don't see the result of that promise yet. And so he was disheartened. 
And see, the good news, the gospel for us today is that is that we're going to fall short. On our own, it's not going to be good enough to get the prize. But we don't walk that path. All we have to do, the only thing that we're called to imitate is Paul. There are other scriptures that say to follow the example of Christ or to let the same mind that is in Christ be in you. There there are other things that it says about we should act and behave and try and be more like Jesus. Jesus is the perfection of God's image in human form. And we were created in God's image, so we should try and be like that. It's like, hey, this is what you can do. Here's your example. That's Jesus. But the only thing that it calls us to imitate Literally, the Greek word is only used one time in Scripture. The Greek word for imitate is only used right here. We're called to follow somebody that doesn't have the substance. But what are we following him in? We're called to imitate Paul, who doesn't have substance, in trusting that the one who is Substance itself goes between the paths for us. That when we fall short in life, that we still have the promise of God. We still have hope. We still have a future no matter what we're going through. No matter how short we've fallen in life, we have a God who loves us, who calls us by name, and who says, Yeah, I promise to be with you always. I promise to love you. I promise to do good things for you. God's promise is for you. And you, and you, and you. And it's not too late. Friends, if you know someone who thinks that that they missed the boat in their life, if you know someone who thinks that they're not good enough to be a Christian, or to to go to church, tell them they don't have to be. All we got to do is keep trying to get better. All we got to do is keep trying to get better. Because God loves us so much that he makes promises to us. And those promises, that hope, is better than all of our shortcomings. Every time we mess up, God is still there. For you and for me. And that is good news. That we don't we don't have to be perfect. We're called to trust in promises. There's a song that I love. Uh, I don't sing well, so just warning uh, if you don't want to plug your ears. Uh, I'm not going to sing, but I'll, I'll say it. I want you to say some of these lines back. I have a hope. I have a hope. I have a future. I have a future. I have a destiny. I have a destiny. It is yet awaiting me. It is yet awaiting me. My life's not over. My life's not over. A new beginning's just begun. A new beginning's just begun. I have a hope. I have a hope. I have hope 
You have hope. You have hope. You have hope. Not because you're good enough, but because we worship a God who is. And all those gathered said amen. Amen. Well, that's it for this episode of Blue Mound Methodist Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to reach out in any way, please send us an email at office at bluemoundumc.org. We'd love to hear from you. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I want to challenge you to share this blessing with others by investing and inviting. If you know someone who has been blessed by this message, invite them to listen directly or by sharing on social media. Or, you can make an investment in this digital ministry by going to bluemoundumc.org give to help expand the reach of the gospel message. God bless.